everybody, welcome into Mining Stock Daily. Uh, we have a returning guest uh, to come back onto the show from Fireweed Zinc, the CEO, Mr. Brandon McDonald. Hey, Brandon, welcome back. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, sorry it has to be on such uh, poor terms when it comes to the market and the volatility. Uh, how is Zinc he- heading these days? What, how are we doing here? How's Zinc? Yeah, you know, Zinc is, is fine. Like the metal price of, you know, mid a buck 30s um, per pound is an extremely healthy price. Um, but it doesn't seem to be reflected in the junior market at all. Uh, I don't know exactly what's reflected in the junior market right now other than just kind of fear. Well, it just seems like a little fear. You know, looking, just kind of uh, moving it off to the side and seeing what's going to happen next. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty ugly out there. How about you? Like, what are you hearing from the ground there in Vancouver? How are people handling this? Well, you don't get as much intel these days as you did in years past, of course, because, you know, there's no... Or, or significantly less um, lunches and, and, you know, post-market beers and what have you uh, because of COVID. Uh, so you get a lot of your intel from chats and emails and what have you, which is a bit different than what it, it used to be. Um, but I don't think anyone's particularly thrilled. And I don't, you know, I think you can probably count on one hand the amount of stories that are doing very well. I guess you might say. Um, so I think it just gives a lot of us pause about how, how do we approach a market like this? Yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't your first time in this type of situation. So how, as, as you know, as a CEO of a company, how do you approach it? Like what's your, what are you thinking here? Well, so look, a project like ours, which is still fundamentally an exploration play, but also still, also a development play, right? We're on that cusp. And um, it's a hungry project because it's big. And pre-development advanced, advanced engineering costs are, are significant. Like if we wanted to, to get tucked in here and drill this to, to indicate it, it's a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as a CEO, you kind of ask yourself, well, how do I move the needle on this project um, without completely blowing up my capital structure. Uh, you know, if I, if I need 20 million to move the needle and my market cap is 50, um, it starts to become a real gamble, right? And, and of course the question is even, even if your needle moves, does the market recognize it? You know, we made a significant discovery last year in, in the boundary West, you know, zone, uh, and we're right back to where we were pre-discovery. Right. So we, we have effectively been given no credit for that. Um, so the, the thought process is like, OK, well, what, at what point do you stop trying to force it? Uh, you know, at what point do you say maybe it's time to take the foot off the accelerator or maybe take a hiatus? Right. As painful as that is. I remember the last time you said that it wasn't too long ago, actually you know, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know what? We've been beaten down to thirty cents in the in the carnage of of March, uh, twenty twenty. So we raised a million bucks, and the intent was to do nothing that year. Um, and um, you know, our, our share price is more than double now. But I still think you have to be willing to explore that as a as a CEO. I, I figure every year we put off permitting 
which therefore puts off production by a year effectively costs our nav 10 percent if you're looking at the analysts who are who are doing their their nav calculations on a 10 percent discount which most do you know they, they kind of reject the eight percent of the the um you know typical mpv calc in a technical study um but if if it's costing me an extra 10 percent dilution to take that year back actually on a on a nav per share basis i'm treading water or, or i'm worse off Right. Um, so that's kind of the nobody likes to to say, you know, it's time to time to, you know, park this thing for a while. But actually on a, you know, nav per share basis. You have to manage dilution like you just have to. And and if I think a, a company like Fireweed and the McMillan Pass project would comfortably trade at least twice what it is now in a healthy market, um, then maybe the right move is to wait for that market. You know, I, I don't, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, you can push ahead and maybe it's the right move or maybe you don't and um, you should have and, you know, then you're caught flat-footed when the market changes. There's no, there's no crystal clear answer. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because it's, I know you, since you've been working at Macmillan Pass, you know, you try to do things as methodically and as, um, you know, as tight as you can uh, with the dilution, but also not, you know, overshooting. But you also have been able to go back to the market and raise cash. You've done so a couple of times in the last year and a half, ever since that original $1 million just to kind yeah. of get you by it. But then the market did turn around. Uh, maybe you are my contrarian sig- signal here, Brandon. Yeah, you know, maybe if this happens again, I'm going to come back to you. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> to see what Brandon's and, and, thinking. We we've um, we've done five capital raises, no, four capital raises in the last twelve months, effectively. Um, so uh, uh, that's a lot of it's a lot more. You know, typically you're doing one a year, I guess, as a uh, as a northern based junior, maybe. Um, you know, you'd like to get it less. You'd like to have a multi year funding package if you could, but um, you know, typically once a year. So, and you look about, you know, look. Let's just be completely honest here. Anybody who can look this stuff up, ignoring the the thirty cent financing from March last year, which was a desperation move during you know a chaotic market. It was sort of. I think like what 55 and 66 cents and then 80 cents and 90 cents of so the 90 cents was a flow through. So you could probably call that a 76 cent financing, right? So yeah. but did trending upwards, but not like at any sort of great velocity, right? And now we're trading at 70 cents today. Um, so it's kind of a question of, you know, how given, like I said, the scale of the project and the amount of capital that would be required, um, how, you know, how many shares out am I willing to, to tolerate for a fully, you know, engineered and permitted project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's left for the long-term shareholders if I, if I just go nuts <laughs> and, and, and force it? Yeah. Well, uh, well, you can't turn your back on the work at hand now. I mean, you did announce a drill program at MacPass uh, just a few weeks ago. Can you give us a sense of 
what this all encompasses for drilling as you have boots on the ground now and uh you know really what does success look like for the mcmillian pass project once the exploration season is concluded the discovery at, at boundary west last year was great but it was two holes right so um We'll get some more holes into it this year to to firm up what is to make sure it's not a two hole wonder sort of thing, right? Um, then some more holes into boundary, and we'll even do uh, you know some holes into Tom this year and possibly Jason, although we may not uh, do it to Jason because that's a Jason South is a deep hole and we're just not sure about it. But um, you know it, it incrementally improves the project and certainly additional success at at Boundary West could could significantly more than incrementally improve it could, could be a, a real you know another change right so mm -hmm. and that that does liberate me um to explore options that aren't the public equity markets right and and you know that's that's always the other tool in your toolbox if you have a good project uh is you can look at joint ventures or something like that um so that's, you know, always, and not even so much in the back of the mind, it's actually always in the forefront of the mind of like, if I'm trading at a, a effective EV of 40 million or something, um, but I can get a, a joint venture with an implied asset value of 100 million, um, maybe that's maybe that's the route to go, right? Mm -hmm. Even this, whereas I'm surrendering control, or, or not even surrendering control, but like muddying the waters being acceptable um given the, the the massive price premium yeah uh you also I, I wanted to ask you about this you you announced uh the appointment of pamela o'hara as vice president of sustainability and i know you have some um some sincere thoughts on not only sustainability but also exploration and mining when we it's pertained to the continued conversation about esg uh, is this kind of fireweeds, another step for fireweed to kind of look at reaching those ESG standards, continuing as the, with the development of the McMillan Pass project? Yeah, and it's not even so much about ESG standards. It's about a permitting reality, right? Um, if you're if you're caught behind on your ESG, you know, if you end up in a uh, engagement deficit. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, where, where you're behind, um, you're going to submit your permits and, and you're going to end up with a long drawn out uh, permitting process where the outcome is significantly less certain. And, and you know, I talked at the beginning of this uh, discussion about the, the cost to do the infill drilling. Um, that's probably the single biggest ticket item until the project gets built is the infill drilling by good margin. Mm -hmm. um, so before I commit to that cost, you know, I think it makes sense to make sure you're on good terms with the community and the regulators, et cetera, uh, to make sure you understand, like, it, I better be able to permit this project, right? right. Um, so, you know, I think, and, and amazingly, I don't think there's any project, well, not, it's not true, but there's a lot of projects that, uh, and I would say this is the majority of them, that good engagement and, you know, good early environmental baseline and really forward thinking approach to this sort of stuff is the difference between getting a permit or not. Um, so we want to make sure that we're ahead of the game here. 
Um, and Pamela is absolutely excellent. She has experience not only in Yukon, but in our part of Yukon. Um, you know, so that she really brings a, um, you know, approach to this, you know, a, a formality to the approach and, and rigor that, um, before there was nothing wrong with our, our, how we felt about this sort of thing and the, the importance we placed on it. Um, but it's very different when you bring in a pro, uh, who it's there, you know, 9am to whatever all day, every day they're, they're thinking about how do we approach these problems? Yeah. Uh, You'd be you're a good person to have this conversation again about ESG because I've been given a lot of thought about it and I get both sides of the discussion obviously and and where I really find sympathy is you know with management teams such as you and your team uh, and throughout junior mining because there's you know you have investors and speculators on one side many of them claim ESG as just another high ticket line item that's going to push costs up and make things more expensive. But on the other hand, it seems like the market has already made its decision that this is going to be mandatory and they're going to, it's going to, the market itself is going to push this forward. So you get companies like yourself that are stuck in the middle here. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult because particularly in the expiration stage of, of a junior's life cycle, you get credit for nothing except drilling. Right. So, um, taking away from your drill budget for community engagement programs or extensive wildlife surveys or, uh, you know, you know, water surveys or something like that, um, is, is there's very much a, a, um, deferred benefit to that. And it's a big benefit, but it is very deferred, right? So you're, you're issuing shares now at a, price that you're not thrilled about to do work that will not get you any credit in the market, but you need to do if you're serious about building the project. Um, and you know, one of our, our directors had a, a great expression and, and I'm not sure where you heard it from, but he said, you know, permits are the new grade. Um, mm. and, and I think you're going to increasingly see, uh, the mid tiers and majors, making more acquisitions at a higher price for later stage projects. Um, basically rather than, rather than sinking 400 million into a project and then finding out that they can't get the permit, they'll pay a billion for it when it's got the permit. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, if you assume that a permit or excellent progress towards it is a condition of any sort of M&A activity, um, then it's not wasted money. And it's certainly not wasted money if you're going to build the project. And, and if you're hoping for a takeout, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's wasted money either. And that's what, you know, I've described like the, the, the contrast between drilling and these, you know, pre-permitting activities or advanced engineering activities or whatever, as, um, you know, the drilling increases the price of a takeout, but all those other things increase the chance of it. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. you, you could you could go nuts on just drilling and you could build the best and biggest resource and maybe you get the share price reflection on that. But you might not be any closer <laughs> to getting bought. Right. Um, so that's that's the balance to strike for us is, is how do we with this this precious money that we raise, how do we set priorities between these things? Well, and you're de-risking list of things to do in that timeline just continues to get extended 
Yeah. As well, if that's the case, if you are looking for a buyout and that buyout perhaps will come at a bigger premium, but will take a lot more work for the junior or the developer to get to. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a constant back and forth, uh, of, of challenges between progressing prog projects and also combating dilution here. So it's, yeah. And that's, yeah. And we have such a bad, well-earned reputation in this industry of, of not being interested in being mind builders, right? Like, like we, uh, get to the PEA and we, you know, then we slow down the development as much as we possibly can, hoping for a bull market and a buyout. Um, and it's like, well, whatever happened to just, uh, you know, actually, God forbid, uh, um, doing your engineering, doing your permitting, getting it done, going through that process and building the project. Um, you know, it's, of course, it's very easy for me to say that, but, but I think what we've reflected upon here is it actually becomes very difficult in a price environment like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because do I do I even get the money to do that? Who who are the investors that back me through that? You know, quote or period in Lausanne. Um, and that's you know, it's it, it's such a weird industry in terms of where your capital comes from, and when you need the most capital is often when you have the least capital available to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon, we got to wrap it up, but uh, we got we got to leave with something positive here. Yeah. So. If, if there's something positive or something optimistic that you're seeing here, uh, maybe with fireweed or in the general markets, maybe it's even zinc with a healthy price, you know, what would it be? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think positive about Canada for sure. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, the same people who think ESG is wasted money, thinks that Canada is turning its back on resource development. Um, I think we're ahead of the curve in terms of our engagement with indigenous people and, and we're still not where we need to be but we're getting there and you look at people like uh south 32 moving their corp dev office to vancouver bhp moving their exploration team to toronto um canada's going to be in vogue it is not a quick place to get permits but they are good permits when you get them um and it is a you know good rule of law and it's a good place to explore so i think that's the main positive thing is is you know, to investors and speculators, like consider the jurisdiction and consider the quality of projects in those jurisdictions and, and um, you know, understand that the big boys who write the big checks value those things. All right, Brandon, appreciate your time, my friend. It's good to speak with you once again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brandon McDonald, CEO of Fireweed Zinc. They trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol FWZ. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.